Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, I am going to teach you 10 simple rules for nutritional success. We talk a lot about advanced strategies on this podcast, and I think they're great. But at the end of the day, you need to build a foundation first. So before we can build a home that is actually going to last, which this home or this temple is your body in this scenario, we need a foundation that is going to hold that over time. So before we stack these principles, these methods, these advanced strategies, we need to understand the principles that build up the foundational base of nutrition success. That's what we're going to dive in today. Before I get an episode, I have two quick things. The first one being I want to shout out to our sponsor, Top Notch Nutrition. Guys, they just came out with a new flavor of Hydrate. It is orange-sickle, and it literally tastes like orange cream soda. Like it is really, really good. I have it every single morning. One of my favorite products, and we are working on some new formulations, which I'm excited about. They're going to be dropping soon. So do me a favor. Head to topnotchnutrition.com slash boom boom, um, and you can also save – with the coupon code, boom, boom, all caps, one word. Um, the other thing I want to mention too is that uh, we appreciate your support and your feedback on the show, and we are on a mission to grow this show as much as possible. So if you can do us one huge favor, head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review, um, and uh, we want to see it. We want to thank you for it. So share it on your story so I can see it, and then I can share it on my story as well. We really appreciate you guys listening, and uh, without further ado, let's get on to the, the 10 Simple Hacks. All right. I'm going to start off a uh, new topic today. Topic's going to be 10 simple rules for nutritional success. Yep. Let's be good. So I think this will be cool because I think it's just like people – like the reason I started thinking about this is because we recorded the last one and someone said like there's so much to think about. Like how do I do this? And I was yeah. like we need to do something simple. Like let's talk simple nutrition because I think a lot of people – we talk macros and periodization and, and carb cycling and, and refeeds and all these things that are great. But if you don't have your, your fundamentals down, yeah. like the base, none of that shit's going to work. And if we lay down a foundation that is solid, it's like building a house. I always talk about this with like new clients. When we're trying to build a house, you have to have a solid foundation to build a house on. If you do not, that house will crumble eventually. Yeah. So when we talk about all these cool strategies, those are built on top of the foundation that's already there. The foundation is good, simple nutrition. Um, and that's exactly what I want to cover today. Awesome. Uh, first one is keep your food plain and simple. This is one that I think people get, they get too fancy. They're trying like, and there's nothing wrong with like, I don't, I think it depends on the personality type. Cause I have some people that really enjoy cooking. Yeah. So to them, it's like, they love finding recipes and then altering the ingredients and portions so that it can fit their macros doing all this stuff. But a lot of times that's a lot of work yeah, sounds like a headache. and it's a headache, but not to some people. Not some people. Yeah. I won't do it. Yeah. I can't. I So I keep it really simple. But I think like before we try doing those things, you have to keep things simple because the reason restrictive diets work, the reason bodybuilding diets work, the reason why um, we talked about this in another podcast, highly palatable foods like trigger you to eat more is because they're not simple. They're complex and they have all these different nutrients and flavors, fat, sugar, salt. 
Um, so keeping it very simple to avoid that is actually a really easy strategy. So if you look at all your meals and you're just like, okay, keep it simple. What's my protein? Eggs in the morning, chicken for lunch, steak for dinner, like case and protein at night, Greek yogurt at night for a dessert. Boom. Four meals. You have your protein set. Cool. What is my fat? Whole egg in the morning, olive oil with chicken in the, the evening. Steak is my fat in uh, dinner because it's a fatty steak. It's a ribeye and peanut butter with my uh, Greek yogurt or casein protein at night. Cool. Grab my fats. What are my carbs? Where, what are my vegetables? And you just kind of plug and play. So you're looking at things isolated and just keeping it super simple. It's like a template. Yeah. Drag and drop your protein, your fats, your carbs, your veggies. Um, but keeping it simple with those foods and repetitive with those foods is key because it makes planning very easy. And the, the other thing that people forget to think about is the more complex your recipe is, the more complex a food is, the more nutrients combined in a food, carbs, fats, proteins, the harder it is to track. Absolutely. Right? So like if we're tracking in our app and we're trying to calculate to our macros or we're trying to even just have accuracy, if we yeah. have something like a bag of chips or some Oreos or Chipotle or anything like that, we're really guessing. So anything that has a food label or, or is from a restaurant, especially restaurant, but even food labels can be up to 25% wrong, 20 to 25% wrong. So if something says 200 calories, that means it could be 150 calories or it could be 250 calories. Because twenty five percent of two hundred is fifty, so you're you're always going to have this margin of error. So yeah. if you're eating a bunch of like packaged bars and shakes and, and prep meals and, and bags of stuff, by the end of the day, what you think your calories are probably aren't that. If you keep it very simple and you're eating meats, fruits, vegetables, produce, things like that, nuts, it's just food. Yeah. So the caloric value is so much more accurate. Um, so long story short, I think the thing here is like keeping it simple is going to avoid cravings. It's going to keep you satisfied because they're more filling foods and it's going to make sure your macros are more accurate. Yeah. I have an example of that. Like the other day we were having chicken, but like it was a chicken, like corn on blue. Mm. So it's like, Fire. all right, we're getting chicken. We got a lump, a fat lump of cheese. Yeah. It's breaded. Yeah. How do you track it? Yeah. It's, it's damn near impossible. Yeah. Where, so where did you get it? At was Blue it Max. A, at where? Blue Max, the butcher. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so literally that is a guesstimation. So you're literally going like, okay, um, I got a six ounce slab of chicken here. So there's probably actually like four ounces of chicken in there. Um, I have breadcrumbs, let's say about a quarter cup. They probably had to get some oil in there to make those breadcrumbs stick. Let's say a tablespoon of olive oil. Um, we have a, a lump of exactly. Oh my we have a lump of blue cheese in the middle, which is probably going to be Let's say a quarter cup because a quarter cup is four tablespoons, so that makes sense. I can calculate that in, in my fitness pot to say like, okay, four ounces of chicken is about two grams of fat, 26 protein. Breadcrumbs, I have no idea, but let's say it's another 20 to 30 grams carbs. The fat and the cheese is probably going to be 20 grams. Like you can add yeah. those up and do it in your calculator, but again, it's not completely accurate. You're kind of spitball guessing, um, and it's just – and then it's difficult. Yeah. You have to do those things. Um Cordon Bleu is fire though. It's super good. It's so good. I'm trying. Yeah, never mind. But, but, get but that's that. a great example. Yeah. Um, and so like what I do too with like Monday through Friday, my meals are super simple. Sunday's pretty simple too. Um, but like Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, we usually do something different for dinner than the typical on Saturday nights, like a date night. I don't track on the date night, but like on Sunday, let's say Shannon wants to cook something random. I will do that yeah. in my, my fitness pod to stay on point. Like I'll be like, okay, like what are you cooking? Okay, like I can probably – I'm not going to sit there and go, hey, we measure that. Yeah. Hey, can you do this because she'll, she'll go crazy. Yeah. Um, don't do that, guys, to your, to your wife. <laughs> but so like I just I just kind of go like, oh, okay, like what are you cooking? 
cook my oil. Like she'll tell me that stuff. And then I just guess me. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do a tablespoon of olive oil. I'm going to add this, this. Better, and than, better than not tracking. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm close enough. Yeah. Right. And if anything, I err a little bit high on everything just to make sure. Um, right now I'm pretty loosely tracking on those days because I'm trying to eat more calories. I'm trying to gain some weight. So it's like different, but during a fat loss phase, you have to be pr- like, try to be as accurate as you can and probably err on the side above. But that's a great example, dude. It's just keeping it simple is yep. so much easier, at least 90% of the time. Yeah. Kind of goes hand in hand. Number two is plan ahead at least a day before. So I think that a lot of people think meal prep and they think of these memes where there's like somebody's kitchen and there's like 80 Tupperwares full of like ground turkey and green beans, you know? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen those memes yeah, where it's oh, just yeah. like, and it's just overwhelming. Like I can't do meal prep. I don't have time for it. And I always tell people like, I literally don't meal prep anything, anything at all, ever. The only thing I ever meal prep is I'll put um, 100 grams of blueberries because I'll measure my blueberries and uh, the right amount of Greek yogurt and Tubware's the night before. Yeah. But like I just bring it here and then I literally go pour some oats in there, pour the blueberries in there, and then I'm good. So that's not really prepping. I'm not cooking meals and doing Tubware's. I just do that the night before. So when I tell people to prep, what I'm talking about is like enter the food in your app the night before. It's so simple and people don't ever think about it. They're like, well, by the end of the day, I have – like 60 grams of protein, negative one gram of fat and 10 grams of carbs. What the hell am I supposed to eat for dinner? I'm like uh, two scoops of protein powder. I don't know. Like there's nothing that's going to fit that. Yeah. How do you avoid that? Pretty simple. The night before add all your food, you'll see that fuck I screwed myself on dinner. So what do I need to do? Okay. Maybe I'll pull five grams of fat out of breakfast and lunch, which is really easy. Make one egg with egg whites or make, make that tablespoon of oil you're cooking in a teaspoon i cook eggs every morning and a teaspoon is more than enough to cook your eggs in of olive oil or coconut oil um and that saves you 10 grams of fat add 10 grams of fat to that dinner pull some carbs at lunch add that to dinner now you have a meal that's 60 grams of protein 15 grams fat 30 grams carbs you can actually make something out of that yeah. but the point is is like instead of playing macro tetris where you're like Ding, 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 all day, like trying to figure shit out. And you're like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat a bar, eat it, then scan it. And it's like, you're kind of tracking as you eat. Yeah. You screw yourself. There's no plan. So you don't need to prep all your meals. Um, I don't like prepping because I don't like, I just prefer, like, I don't like reheated meals after three or four days. Just, I don't know why it just doesn't sit well with me. Um, it grosses me out. And I also don't like spending the time sitting there and prepping out a ton of Tupperwares. But it's so easy to just plan the day ahead. So right? what do you have for lunch? Every single day I have uh, – it's Greek yogurt. I put a scoop of top-notch nutrition protein powder in there. Um, I put two bags of quick oats, the brown sugar maple, which is like 65 grams of carbs, a couple grams of fat. And then uh, it's about a cup of blueberries, but I weigh them. Hmm. And I just mix that in a bowl. And it's like whey protein slash casein, just takes out plenty of carbs. Having fruit. to cook. I don't have to cook anything. Yeah. I don't even cook the oatmeal. I just dump it all in a bowl. It's fucking great. It's like overnight oats, hmm. but I just don't leave it overnight. Yeah. Basically, which I could. Honestly, I could yeah. put it in mason jars and just do it that way, but. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. And that's. And then in the morning, I eat everyday eggs with oatmeal. And it's. I don't prep that either. Reheated eggs are disgusting to me. So really, the only like meat protein you eat is dinner. Basically, yeah. So I eat eggs in the morning, Greek yogurt at lunch, and then I eat some, usually steak, red meat, steak or pork for dinner. Um,. I love fish, but Shannon doesn't like fish too much. So we don't usually eat fish. And then I eat uh, casein protein powder at uh, late night because that's like a slow digesting protein. Mm. But it's like in the morning I do one whole egg with egg whites cooked in a little bit of olive oil with spinach, like a big scramble. Um, and then I do oatmeal with super good 
Um, one of two things, either stevia and cinnamon. So it's like a, like a cinnamon style with uh, cinnamon sugar with chopped up banana and peanut butter in it and just mix it all up and like hot oatmeal. Super fucking good. Sounds so good. The peanut butter just melts in there. Or I'll go no cinnamon, put blueberries in there with peanut butter, blueberries or raspberries, and it's like PB&J oatmeal. Yeah. Fucking good too. Hmm. Um, I do that every morning and then that lunch and then dinner and then, yeah. It's simple, dude. It just yeah. keeps it keeps it very repetitive, but it's super easy for me and I don't get sick of it. You know what I mean? For sure. So what was the what was that even? Plan ahead. Plan ahead. There you go. So like that's my whole thing is just just <laughs> take out your app and just enter the food in the day before because then you have a menu already waiting for you. So when you wake up, it's not like, fuck, what am I going to eat for breakfast? How is this going to fit my macros? You know exactly what the fuck you're going to eat and it's just, it's just clockwork. Yeah. It's just simple. All right. Um – I mean, man, all of these. Number three, repeat the same meals day to day. So that kind of goes off what I, I was just simplicity. saying. Simplicity, repeat it. Yeah. So I think a lot of people think like repetitiveness is bad because you need a variety. Well, I get raspberries in the morning, blueberries at lunch, uh, or banana in the morning. Like I switch up my fruit every day with throughout a couple meals, but I eat the same fruit every week, right? Banana, raspberries, blueberries. Those are like my three. Um, I eat whole eggs, Greek yogurt, and then I rotate my meats at night. Um, I rotate my green veggies every day too. So it's like broccoli, green beans, asparagus, whatever. We buy them at the beginning of the week and then we just do one each night. Done. Um, but like I'm, if you if you get all the nutrients you need, I'm getting monounsaturated fat for the most part. I'm getting some saturated fat, getting some high fiber carbs. I'm getting some high potassium, high magnesium foods in my vegetables. I'm getting my fruits, the colors, like so on and so forth, the right proteins. I don't need to rotate those things because it's just easier for me to just repeat them over and over again, and I'm getting the nutrients I need. You're rotating by switching them up at every meal. Exactly. I'm not eating eggs and oatmeal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yeah. right? But I am eating it every day for breakfast. So the point with that is, is like if you are busy, which most people are listening to are, you're busy, you're stressed, you want a system, create a meal structure that works really well for you and just repeat it. But this is what I like about meal plans, but what I don't like about meal plans is because if somebody gives you a meal plan, it doesn't teach you why that works. So if you understand your macros, you understand the daily intake that changes your body, mm -hmm. you understand the macronutrients and why they're important as individuals, and then you make a meal plan that fits those, you're winning both things. Because now, like I said before, on Saturday, I'm going out. I'm not going to stick to my meal plan because I'm going to adjust it so I can go have some beers and a burger or whatever it may be. Um, and I fit that within. But because I understand the grand plan while having that repetitiveness, I can stay consistent and be flexible when I need to. Dope. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, number four is going to be create some, some form of accountability. So I some think form. like obviously hiring a coach is probably the biggest form because not only because they, they are like their job as a coach, we are literally being hired to make sure you're doing something. So that's the highest level of accountability. But the other reason that's really uh, valuable is because you're paying for it. Anytime you put money down on something, you're more accountable to it. And there's actually studies that show like people pay a dollar, they don't pay anything. And the people who paid a dollar got better results and they stuck with it longer because they're skin in the game. So yeah. subconsciously, even though you're like, it's a fucking dollar, yeah. you're in the game. Like yeah. you put your skin in the game and you have value in that. So um, accountability can be anything. You could buy a really expensive program that's just a one-time program. You can join a Facebook group. You could pay for an inner circle like the Elite, um, uh, which is changing the tailored trainer. You can pay for um a coach you can post on facebook you can get in a facebook group you could uh find a friend you could like share on your story every day you go to the gym because you know people are watching and like even though like nobody's saying anything to you 
they're expecting you to do it. For sure. Um, so it, it's really just finding any form of accountability, period, is the biggest thing. And even like the things like I do, like the habit trackers, right? I have these habit trackers on the, the whiteboard and I'm checking off the boxes as I ta- do these things day to day. So if you're trying to be accountable to your nutrition, every day you track your nutrition, you, you mark X, right? Every day you go to the gym, you mark X and you have a certain amount of X's that you had to hit in a certain amount of time that build your accountability. And I think that's the big thing here is like any way, shape or form you can find accountability. That's what's going to lead to more consistency. Love it. Obviously I recommend coaching more than anything, but the point is, is accountability. It's just the act of keeping yourself accountable. Yeah. Uh, number five, stick to a specific meal timing and frequency. So this one is, this one I think relates to one of the other ones I put on there too, but there's a few reasons for this. Um, number one, like if you find a rhythm for your meals, it becomes easier to plan. So going back to just planning ahead and being consistent, if I know that I'm eating every morning, I eat at seven noon, I do a shake right before I work out or during my workout at three thirty, and then uh, dinner's at six desserts at nine. You know what I mean? I have this meal. Like I just know when I'm eating and it's just easier to plan. The second thing is, is your body will get used to it. Um, and I'll touch on this on a, the body clock one that we're going to touch on in a sec. But when your body gets used to windows of eating and you have nutrients coming in at consistent times, energy expenditure goes up. So you actually burn more calories per day. Insulin sensitivity improves. And there's no evidence on this, but anecdotally in my experience, I've seen people's energy improve. Like when you have frequent feedings and your body can get used to when you're taking in food, which is energy, your energy improves, your recovery improves. You just feel better. Um, Another thing is satiety. So if you can set up your meals to be more satiated throughout the day, you're going to be less food focused and not craving shit. Um, but yeah, I think, I think in general, like just meal timing and frequency is just one of those things that it's going to set you up for better recovery, set you better uh, up for better energy, digestion, consistency. It's just easier to plan. It's something that nobody thinks about because flexible dieting is taking over from a sense of like, well, you can just eat anything as long as you hit your daily macros. But at the end of the day, if you don't have these fundamentals, it's going to be really hard to consistently hit those macros. For sure. Yeah. What? You're like... As long as you hit your daily macros, but like if you're just eating anything, you're a it's harder to track and b it's you're less accurate tracking. So are you really hitting your macros? Exactly. Yeah, that's one of the biggest. That's and that's why I, the first one was keep it simple. That big word anything is just like what? It's it, it's shocking how off you can be. I've had so many clients, man, that are like like they're like oh, I'm not seeing results. Like what can I do? And I'm like, hey, let me look at your diet. And I'm like, hey, I want you to be less flexible. What do you mean? I don't want you to go eat out. I don't want you to eat out of a package. Um, I want you to home cook everything for the next 30 days. Like I challenge you to 30 days of home cooked meals for basically all your meals. What happened to flexible dining? Well, yeah. And and this is the flexible side. What do you want your fats to be? Peanut butter. Okay. Eat fucking peanut butter. You're measuring it. You're doing it at home. It's more accurate. What do you want your carbs to be? Uh, sweet potatoes, rice, and bagels. Okay. Get whole grain Dave's killer bread bagels. They're good. They're not bad. You track it. You're not buying it from a, a, a bakery. You're not like going out to eat. You're not um, doing like things that are in boxes. Even though bagels are in packages, it's much more accurate. Uh, uh, organic bagel is going to be more accurate from a macro standpoint than um, a bag of wheat thins is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like choosing the, that kind of flexibility, but you're doing it at home. And I'll see insane results, dude. Like, and we didn't drop calories. And it, reality is, is we did drop calories because you were eating out and doing all this packaged food so much that your calories weren't as accurate as you thought they were. They were above what we have them at. Um, and then when you get more accurate, all of a sudden you're actually falling the intake. Yeah. So it's huge. But yeah, that's why I was number one. All right. Um, 
balance or yeah number six sorry uh balance your protein throughout the day so this is like carrying on from the meal timing thing protein is the most satiating nutrient so we want a enough protein to keep us full b enough protein to make sure we're recovering um when you're not fully recovered and you're like very fatigued your body craves protein but a lot of people when they get a craving for food because we are under recovered they don't think oh, i need some chicken breast right now like they go towards like sugary things to replenish their body, right? They go to things that taste good. So to avoid that and just fully recover, get enough protein. Um, the other side of that is if we're eating enough protein at each meal, we're keeping our satiety high because it's the most satiating nutrient. And you very rarely get super hungry or crave a ton because you're having all that protein and you're frequently getting protein. So you're, every meal after you get done, you're actually full. Um, and there's actually a good study that shows if you start with your protein at, the, uh, at every meal – um, insulin sensitivity improves, uh, blood glucose rates improve after the meal and then, uh, digestion is better and your satiety is better. So basically if I have a meal and it's like, I got some, uh, roasted vegetables, I got some like sweet potatoes cooked in oil or whatever. And then I have a chicken breast. I'm going to eat that whole chicken breast first, then go to the vegetables and then finish with the carbs. Your body will digest and use those carbs better, um, as muscle glycogen, your blood glucose, insulin sensitivity will be better. Um, because you ate the protein and the vegetables first. Sure. So protein fiber first and then start and then go to the – and it should say protein and fiber in every meal really. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but in general, like splitting up your protein evenly throughout the day is going to help your hunger actually stay at bay throughout the day. Dope. Number seven is hit your veggie and fruit minimum. I like to say like eat like an adult. Like so many people are just like – again, going back to like too flexible. Um a lot of people like they'll even say like, oh, I eat, I eat good. Like I eat pretty clean and they're eating well. But I look at them like the only vegetable you got was like a, a, a thing of zucchini at night or a cucumber. Even worse. I've seen that plenty of times. You had a cucumber for lunch and dinner. I love cucumber. Cucumber, I don't. I hate it, but this mm -hmm. is what they tell me. And I'm like cucumber is 85 to 90% water, if not more. It's like literally pure yeah, water. Understood. It's like romaine lettuce. Yeah. Um, so – a, you're getting a little nutrients, but you're not really getting much fiber. You're not really getting much out of it. Like, that's not going to do you much, right? Yeah. I want to see some dark cruciferous vegetables. So, kale, broccoli, even cauliflower is technically a cruciferous vegetable. Green beans, asparagus, Brussels sprouts. Like, give me some thick green vegetables, spinach, mm -hmm. um, and then you're good. Now, I don't think you have to like greens in every single meal of the day. I used to always say like have a have a green source in every meal. Um, but I see a lot of people that overdo it. They're having like multiple cups of greens in every meal and they're just bloated as shit all the time. And mm -hmm. it's like we have just too much vegetables. What about fiber. bell peppers? Bell peppers are great too. It's not a cruciferous, so that's colors. Mm -hmm. um, but I start with greens because I think green dark green vegetables are going to be a little bit more valuable for most people. Um, and they are skipping out on those. Because people love bell peppers. People love fruit. People love zucchini. Yeah. People love cucumber. But people don't always love broccoli and kale. But they need it. So, like, for me, I'm like, hey, let me get, like, two to three servings of dark greens. And then you can do whatever you want. So, for me, like, that's, like, basically in the morning I have spinach or kale in my omelet. And then uh, – and it's cooked down. You can't even taste it, dude. <laughs> Disagree, but that's fine. So, <laughs> chopped I'm up, the normal person. <laughs> chopped up spinach when you cook it in oil and then you put eggs in there. It just lives literally just in the eggs. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but – and that's the only way I can eat kale, too. I hate rough kale. But, yeah. like, if I cook it down – Kale chips are actually good too, but you got to put a lot of fucking salt on them. Yeah. Um, and then, so for dinner, I'll do about two cups of whatever vegetable we roast, right? So that's like three servings a day. And then throughout the day, I'll have colors. So that's maybe I'll add like chopped up peppers in my 
uh, omelet or mushrooms or I'll have blueberries with breakfast and raspberries with lunch and banana with my dessert at night. Like I always have a few servings of fruit, which is the next point of that. But the point with this is like you just have this checklist before you get flexible, before you add in starch, before you add in anything else. It's like did you get two to three servings of greens? Did you get two to three servings of fruits today? And then after that, I would say one to three servings of fruit because if your carbs are really low on a diet, sometimes it's hard to get a lot of fruit. But point being is one to three of fruit two to three of vegetables as a whole for the day. Um, and then with the rest of your day, you can have colors. That's where you add in peppers and uh, onions and mushrooms and things like that. Cause those are great too, but I don't think they're as mandatory as the greens are. Gotcha. Love it. I need to think about that stuff myself. <laughs> at, least, at least the greens. Yeah. I love bell peppers, man. Bell peppers are great for you. Yeah. They are. Um, I love zucchini. But you're, you got a good point with it being water, man. I mean, if you cut that thing up, it's just dripping of water. Yeah, yeah. it's basically all water. Um, peppers are great for you too. They're just higher. They're higher. They're more. They're not a fruit, but they're they're higher fructose. They're higher. They have some sugar in there. They're just not the same. But they are really good for you. I like to have. Pepper. They're vegetables, right? Yeah. yeah, and I have peppers in my in my uh, diet every week. Like I love them. All right, uh, number eight. Eat in line with your body clock. Yeah, so this is kind of going back to that meal timing and frequency. Um, your circadian rhythm has like these times. And I highly suggest, uh, listening to our episode with Danny Lennon on chrononutrition, but it's basically, we have like a, a turn on time and a turn off time. When we wake up in the morning, our body is turning on and hormones start processing. The tablet starts working. Um, and then we have a, a clock where it turns off at night and that's where like our body shifts into it's time to rest, digest, sleep, recover. Um, and this is where we're supposed to let it get dark. That's why we wear blue light blockers, let melatonin kick in. Um, you're not supposed to be eating a ton of food right before bed because of that, because your body wants to go to sleep. Doesn't mean you have to like stop eating at six, but like give yourself a couple hours before bed basically. Um, but the way I like to do this is like, if you can give yourself self 10 to 12 hours with not eating every day, you're probably going to be in the best bet. So if you finish your last meal, let's say you have dessert or like a snack at night at like eight or nine, then you're not eating till eight or nine the next day. Um, at the earliest six or seven, so at least 10 hours, but ideally 12 which is easier than people think. Like, I mean, realistically, I eat dinner at six and then I have like a little dessert at eight. So that means I can't eat until like seven or eight and that's 11 or 12 hours. It's pretty easy, honestly. Um, but doing that gives your body, uh, you have a feeding window and you have a, a fasting window. It's kind of like intermittent fasting, but it's more like time-restricted feeding because what you're doing is just trying to help your gut, help your body clock, your circadian rhythms, your hormones. You're trying to help your digestive system, yeah. which is giving your body a break from eating and then giving your body a time to eat. Yeah. Um, and it goes with your sleeping. So it's really easy. Um, but this is going to help a ton of things. There's been a lot of research lately showing positive benefits for your metabolism, for insulin sensitivity, longevity, like all these different things. And it's just from doing that. It's just from eating aligned with your, with your body clock. Um, and another part of that too is I don't know exactly why this is, whether it's because cortisol production is highest in the morning or it's just because you're more likely to move when you have food. But another good thing to do is actually to have the bulk of your calories in the morning. So that favors your body clock. When you wake up in the morning, cortisol goes up, your body is ready to go. Um, if you give it calories, it will go better. It'll move better. It'll just be more efficient, right? You'll actually move more throughout the day. You'll burn more calories. So your maintenance can actually be higher if you do this. And then towards the later part of the night, you have a smaller meal. It's easier to digest. You're not doing anything after that point. You're just sitting around. Um, and studies show people can maintain their body weight on more calories if they put most of their calories in the morning. So basically what that looks like is after a 10 to 12 hour fast, wake up, you have your biggest meal of the day, which is breakfast. You go through your day slowly eating less. So yeah. first meal is 800 calories. Second meal is 600 calories. Third meal is 500. And then a snack is like 250. 
right? So now it's like basically going from a big, big meal to like slowly getting smaller, easier to digest, and you're not moving as much later in the day. Would it be different to do like you said eight, six, and five, and then two? It's all, I mean, it's all individual, right? Like, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, would it be. You keep saying snack, snack, snack. Like, is there is it is there a reason to have like a small calorie snack at the end of? The- no, not necessarily. I just, uh, like, I mean, that's what I do. Yeah. I think that, like, for me, for most people, I do think that four or five meals tends to work best. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean you can't have three meals, but I do like having people consume an extra meal of protein. Um, if you can have four to five servings of protein a day, I think you're just going to better utilize muscle protein synthesis. I think you're going to stay more satiated. For sure. um, and it's one of those things too, where like, I know a lot of people who wake up in the middle of night hungry or they wake up starving. A really good way to avoid that is to have some like slow digesting protein before you go to bed. And it just helps muscle recovery. So for me, it's like biggest meals in the morning. It's like 900 calories. And then my lunch is like 700 dinners, usually like 500. And then I have like a 300 calorie dessert, which is basically just protein, fat and fruit keeps me full, have like a little like sweet tooth craving at night. I wake up, I'm not starving. I wake up and I'm, I'm fine. I can go a couple hours before I need to eat. For sure. Love it. All right. Next is going to be number nine. Limit eating out at restaurants. Yes. Uh, self-explanatory. Self-explanatory. You yeah. don't know what those measurements are. Yeah. Um, you don't know what the ingredients are. Like when you order something, are they cooking oil? Do they have sugar, like seasoning that has sugar or calories in it? Yeah. Um, Give that example. It, Go ahead. I mean, like, even, like, when you go get, uh, like, chicken or depending on where you go from Chipotle, shredded chicken or teriyaki chicken, is it brown meat? Is it white meat? Is it both? Yeah. Who fucking knows? Yeah. When you get steak, like, shredded steak from a place like that, what, what kind of steak is this? Yeah. Is this sirloin? Is this just, like, the whole cow is just kind of grinded up? Yeah. Like, who fucking knows? So, it's really hard to determine, like, what that is. And then on top of that, too, measurement-wise, right, like, um, a scoop of meat. What is a scoop? What is a scoop? And like on my fitness pod, it says one thing, but I mean, realistically, what is that? Who yeah. knows? So you really don't know what your intake is. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's not that there are no bad foods. So it's not that I'm saying like when you go out to eat, they're putting bad ingredients in there and that's going to make you fat. Like that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is – what's that? The measurements. The measurements. Yeah, hey, you just sure. – whatever it is, you just don't know how much it is and that kind of screws you when you're trying to track your food. And even if you're not tracking your macros and you're trying to watch your diet, you still can't really portion control when you're eating out too much. Yeah. So limiting eating out to once a week I think is the, the smartest thing you can do. Obviously, there are situations where you have to eat out and I think just making sure you're choosing something that is easier to track is the best solution. Yeah. Um, and it could be even like – like sometimes for me, it's, it's literally getting like – uh, Emerald City smoothie. It's like a fruit smoothie with a protein bar. Like it's the closest thing I can accurately measure um, versus going out to eat or Panera bread, yeah. somewhat closer, still pretty inaccurate, yeah. but like better than just r- randomness. Yeah. Um, even Chipotle is actually more accurate than most places because yeah. you can kind of make a good uh, suggestion. There's a lot of information inside of my fitness pile on that. But at the end of the day, if you're eating out too much, you're just playing a guessing game Yeah, and you think you're tracking. Yeah. I just laugh because there's so many variables, man. Like it depends. Who who at Chipotle is giving you exactly a, a scoop? Is yeah. Joe or is yeah. Susie? Yeah. Joe's giving you a fat scoop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or not. And then the other thing I was about is like a couple years ago, man, I was eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner literally at Panera. Oh <laughs> just, god. Just like yeah. Just I just thought that would be so accurate. You yeah. Know? Just like I don't, I don't know how to measure. I don't know how to cook. So I might as well go one place. I mean, but here's the thing too: is you got to think about like this. Okay, like where's your starting point? You know, because yeah. for some people, 
going to that's why the subway diet worked for jared yeah for sure from his starting point subway was fucking on point dude yeah. it was really good so i think sometimes like panera bread would be great for you but it's just it's all depend on the person there's yep. a ton of variables yep all right we're uh coming up on the last one crucial limit alcohol consumption consumption yeah um another obvious one rough <laughs> Some people aren't going to like that one. Difficult, but yeah. So I think there's like, you know, this one's tough too because. So true. There's, so there's two things to this. Number one, you can fit alcohol into your calories um, and still lose weight. You absolutely can um, because it's a, it's a calorie equation. Um, you will not build muscle, produce more testosterone and have favorable hormone levels while alcohol is in your system. So although you may lose weight, I would argue that you're losing weight at a much slower rate. You're definitely not recovering or building muscle during that time. Um, and your performance in the gym decreases significantly after 24 hours drinking. That's why I don't train on Sundays because yeah. I have drinks on uh, Saturdays. Yeah. Um, but essentially what this is doing, it's shutting off hormonal processes that we need to be favorable for metabolism and muscle growth. Um, and it is way more likely that you're going to overconsume calories when you're drinking. When you get drunk, you have the munchies. Or if you go out and have a drink, you don't really know how much is in there. It's, it's always extra calories, like so on and so forth. Um, and nobody accurately tracks their calories, like alcohol. It's very rare. Um, but I do have some clients that like – I had a client that was losing weight every week at like two or three drinks a week. And I was like, I'm not going to stop you because it's working right now. Yeah. But I'll just warn you, eventually, I'm probably going to say, hey, we should cut that down. Yeah. And I did, and I, now she's drinking once a week, and now her results are continuing because at a certain point, that's just how it is. But I do think there's some merit in, in having a drink once a week because if you're just constantly dieting or you're so focused, I think you get burnt out quicker. So by me having one night a week where I don't really track and I have a drink, it actually helps me stay consistent in the long run more. Yeah. So I think it's it's worth the trade-off. Yeah. Um, but the problem was there was a study that came out that showed people still lost weight uh, while drinking uh, a glass of wine or a beer every single day as long as it was fit into their calories. Um, so people were like, oh, you can drink. And it's like, you can, but that's a tightly controlled study. So they right. made sure they only drank once. They made sure it was exactly in their macros and blah, blah, blah. A lot of us aren't doing that. Yeah. I know I can't have one drink. Yeah. I can't. Like if I have one glass of wine, I'm, I'm, saying. I'm how, having four. How are you, you going to put like on Saturday night, put three Coronas in your fitness pal? You know, after the third one, I want three more. Mm-hmm. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's I know tough. some people that can, some people are more social drinkers. They can just sip on a beer and be good. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, I, like, I will say, like, I get, I get in the mood and then I keep drinking. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, sure a lot of people can relate, man. Yeah. And that's and why it, you just don't do it. Exactly. Yeah. And I just stay away from it. And I think that like, at the end of the day, if, if your goal is, is your physique, then you should just make that sacrifice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not exactly, that, it's yeah. not that hard, um, to avoid besides just once Weigh a week. Out. Yeah. Priorities. And the other thing is I always tell people too, is like, I would rather you have five drinks one night. Then five drinks spread out throughout the week. Yeah, you can e- more easily fit a drink a night into your macros than five in one night. But I'd rather you even go over your calories a little bit, have a good time, drink, and then get it out of your system the next day. Because every time, again, you drink, you have that in your system. Your body wants to get rid of it. So your yeah. your liver detoxifies your body, right? And uh, there's a process inside of lipolysis, like actually fat oxidation, like burning fat that goes through the same similar process of oxidation with alcohol. So when alcohol is in your system, your body has to work on oxidizing the alcohol, getting rid of the alcohol. So it stops getting rid of fat. It stops producing muscle. It stops producing testosterone. It's like, I'm going to put these systems on pause. I'm going to get rid of this alcohol because it's poison, quote unquote, because technically in our body it is. It's not something we're supposed to consume. And we have to do that. So now what I've done is basically, okay, hold on fat loss, hold on muscle growth, hold on testosterone, hold on everything. 
Let me get rid of this first. Once I get rid of it, we can get back to what we're doing. So if you do that every night, every other night, you're constantly putting pause on fat loss versus one night a week, I get drunk. I put pause on the fat loss, but then Monday comes and I'm good. Saturday to Sunday, I'm not burning fat. I'm okay with that. Monday to Saturday, I am. And I think that's more beneficial. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomperformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.